And uh, right, right when I announced, you may kiss the bride, the power went out. <laughs> Completely, the power went out and, uh, and it, it was a car accident apparently up the road and, um, and it didn't come back on so he had to do the rest of the service with no power. <laughs> but they just, they handled it really well and, and uh, Sam, Sam preached the gospel at his wedding and gave an altar call. And I was like, come on. And, and, Andrew Scarborough was in the back going, yes, this is my type of wedding. And um, it was just, it was a lot of fun. So that was good. You guys ready? I'm not going to preach long because I want to get the worship team back up. Um, we heard a great testimony. Who knows Jalil Shelling, a good friend of ours, Jalil and Beck. A um, couple of weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, uh, their daughter, their 12, 13-year-old daughter, got jumped on underneath a trampoline. Uh, and so she was underneath. Someone got her head and um, so they prayed. She, she couldn't feel uh, her legs and arms uh, immediately, but then that came back and they took her to the hospital, obviously. And, uh, and they, no, no spinal damage, no fracture, nothing, just some minor bruising. Uh, and she obviously had a stiff neck for, for a while. Um, and Beck had been uh, massaging her neck. And then they had a prayer meeting uh, at their church in Frankston Fire Church. And they, they, did the, they baptized her again. And they, cause they, they obviously were really impacted by Todd Smith uh, when he came. And so they, they put her in the water again. And when she went in the water, um, she didn't feel anything drastic, but she said, oh, the pain's diminished and, and gone down. But when she got home, Beck saw the back of her neck because the muscles had deteriorated because of you know, not using it and, and, and whatever. And the muscles and, the, and, the, and the, everything in there had grown back. And it was, it was back to normal. And apparently she's, she's doing really well. Um, so that's just exciting. I don't really do Christmas messages, so this is going to be my Christmas message. Merry Christmas. That's it. That's, that's my Christmas message to you all. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. God bless you. <laughs> um, but I do have something. I felt last week in worship and in what Dean preached that God was realigning uh, this house, realigning us as a people back to the simplicity of Jesus. And I know that's all we talk about in here. And uh, we love talking about Jesus. We love experiencing Jesus. We love encountering Jesus. If I go to a restaurant with my wife, if we go to a beautiful restaurant and we grab the menu and we peruse the menu and we look at the menu and we sit down and we look at the beautiful lamb cutlets or whatever is on the menu and then get up and leave, we've never partaken of the meal. And sadly, that's how a lot of Christians live their life when it comes to Jesus. They look at the menu. They like the menu. The menu looks amazing. But they never partake of the one. They never, they, they, they're satisfied with the theology of Jesus without encountering the person. 
And Jesus says in, in John 5, 39, he says, you search the scriptures, and he's talking to the Pharisees, he says, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, but these testify about me. I mean, just, just think with me, who were the ones that missed Jesus? The Pharisees. That should be a sobering thought for us, you know, that you can tell all your other Christian friends, because no one in here does this. But that should be a sobering thought for us that, oh, do I, do I not just know about him? Do I not just stop? I, we believe in good theology. We, I believe in good theology. I believe in the truth and speaking the truth and teaching the truth. But that should not stop me from encountering him. The Pharisees knew the Bible. They knew their word. They knew all the prophecies about the Messiah, yet they missed him when he was standing in front of, in front of them. And I, I feel, I don't have any other words to this other than what I'm going to share with you. I feel like that restaurant analogy is how the church, capital C, approaches the Holy Spirit. The Holy, it's not the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit's a mist and an add-on. He is the third person of the Trinity. Yes. <laughs> uh, we should pray. That would be good, eh? Hey? <laughs> Can I get... Um, I've had a lot of things on my mind and I forgot to do this this morning, so I'm just going to show you my uh, humanity side. Can I get the, the, uh, the team to go and grab the communion cups for me, please? <clears throat> They're in the cupboard out down there. Someone. Awesome. Ten years ago, I was in a meeting and... I was sitting at the back in worship. Jeremy Riddle was leading worship. It was awesome. And the service went for about three hours. <clears throat> and I was sitting at the back. I was barefoot. I was just sitting on my chair, just hands like this, thanking God for a lot of things that he'd done that year. And this girl came up who was a part of the ministry school we were at. She laid hands on my feet, which shocked me because I, <laughs> I had my eyes closed. <laughs> And electricity went through my body. I don't know if I've shared this story publicly. Maybe once I've shared this story, I think. I, I, don't, I've ne not I don't share it very often because every time I would share this, I would not be able to share it just because of the presence of God. I, it, I would be reminded of, of the presence of God and I'd just lose it. So if I lose it, God bless you. <laughs> I'm going to share this and then we'll pray. But I, I, the electricity of God went through my body from the top of my head to the tips of my toes and I, I'm on the floor. I don't, I, I don't know what I looked like, but probably a fish out of water. And it was, it was, it was awesome and scary all in the same, uh, same tone. And one of the ushers comes up to me and he says, 
are you okay? <laughs> and I said, yes, leave me alone. Like I'm having an encounter with the Lord. And which was, it's the right thing to do. Sometimes we just need to ask good questions of what's going on with people rather than judging from a distance. And so this guy asks the right questions. And, and in that moment, heaven, heaven literally opened up to me and thank you Lord and I love my wife we had no kids at the time we were pregnant with Charlie but in that moment I was like take me take me to heaven she'll be she'll be fine <laughs> I felt like Enoch I was like yep you, you just take me take me now because that world is so much more real than this one. And I, I was conscious, I was, I was aware, I was fully aware of what was happening. But I was, you know what Paul says, I knew a man that went to the third heaven, thought he, you know, da-da-da. That's what I felt like. And for the first time, the scripture where it says, we worship day and night, night and day. We cast our crowns before the Lord. You know, that, that, that song we sing but, but out of the book of Revelation. Because I'd always thought, surely there's a good soccer field in heaven. And, you know, surely there's some, some, some good golf courses. And, you know, there's other things to do in heaven, which there could be, right? Sorry, soccer's the heavenly sport for those that don't, don't know. Anyone that wants to debate with me about AFL. <laughs> Soccer's played in every country in the world. AFL's only played in one. Anyway, we'll leave it there. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, we should pray. Father, help me. Help me, Lord. But in that moment, all I wanted was that world. It wasn't that my wife was insignificant. It wasn't that she was nothing. But all the care, all that scripture of we worship him because I saw him. And in that moment, where the, where the song we sing today, show me your face, Lord. And the script, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 3 in a moment. When it says, when the scripture says, you, you cannot look in the face of God and surely live. Correct. You cannot come face to face with the Lord and, and you have the choice, you have the free will, but you cannot come face to face with God when you encounter the person of Jesus, when you encounter the one and care about anything that of yourself you die which is the point you die because that's how the kingdom of God works the greatest of all is the servant the, the first shall be last the last shall be first in order to live you have to die let's go to 2 Corinthians 3 I'm going to pray I felt last week that 
Dean released something and, and Sammy in the worship. We can teach, we can preach. We've got some incredible preachers in this room. But my number one heart for this house is that every single person that walks through those doors or whatever doors we have, whether it's in this room, whether it's in a home group, whether it's out on the streets, that they would encounter Jesus. That when Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ in me, he says, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. In Jewish culture, there is no such thing as uh, like metaphorical language. There are parables, but there's no... When Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, that's not a metaphor or an analogy. That was a reality. I, I know that's extreme, but Paul's like... Hey, I died, Christ is in me, and if you see me, you actually see Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's epic. Yeah. Yeah. That means you can say to people, not arrogantly, but when you meet people and they need something, there's a breakthrough they need, a healing, a miracle, love, a prophecy, whatever it is, you can say, hey, let me introduce you to this guy. Grab my hand. Let me show you. I know a man. I know a guy. It's like, oh, there's a sickness in front of me. And it's like, oh, I don't... It's not Liam's faith that can move that mountain. But I know a guy whose faith can move that mountain. But if you don't know him, it becomes religious activity. And I love the verse. I've got it written down here that at least opened this morning. Luke 10, 42. You can make sandwiches that Jesus doesn't breathe on. You can. You can be doing Christian activity. That's good. But God's like, hey, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. Holy Spirit, would you come and move here today? Would you come and make your home in us, upon us, around us? In Jesus' name. Let's read scripture and make it a legal meeting. <laughs> All right, 2 Corinthians 3, we'll start at verse 11. Well, I can... I, this is Paul's exhortation about... Two different covenants, the Mosaic Law and the New Covenant. And he, he's addressing, he's showing them if the Old Covenant had glory and Moses' face shone, but it faded, how much more does the New Covenant have glory? Right, verse 11. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Pause. All have sinned and fallen short of what? The glory. So that gives you an idea of the destination is the glory. The purpose of Jesus' coming is the glory. 
Are you with me? Okay. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened, for to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. All right. A few things in here. We often think Greek or Western thinking is show me the facts, give me the details, and then I'll make a decision. We look at the menu, oh, what does that taste like? Does it taste like chicken? Will I like it? Etc. Kingdom, Hebraic thinking, is you turn to the Lord and the veil is removed. You turn to the Lord, you put your faith and your trust in Him, and the veil over our hearts and our minds is removed. It's the other way around. It's you take a bite, you taste, and you see that the Lord is good. You don't see and then taste. You taste and then you see. You turn and the veil is removed. Yes? Okay. Hebrews 11 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were formed. We don't understand that the worlds were formed and that gives us faith. By faith we understand. Are you catching this? This is what the kingdom of God is like. We, we behold him and then wisdom and revelation comes. Not the other way around. Jesus came... as a seed in seed form that's the wisdom of God in a virgin in Bethlehem that's incredible he became so vulnerable that he became the first it's, it's the pilgrim journey in reverse to get people back to him, but he came as a seed. We go back to this 2 Corinthians 3 verse. It says that we beholding with unveiled face the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image of Jesus. That's good. That should just get you excited. You're being transformed into the same image of Jesus. You, you look like Jesus. I'm not saying you are Jesus. 
But what father, you know, what's it? Oh, who does the new child look like? Does it look like the mum or does it look like the dad? Or does it? And every dad with their sons is like, oh, they look like me. You know? And every dad with their daughters is like, thank God they look like their mum. But what father doesn't want their kids to look like them? A good father. And then he says, from one degree, one degree of glory to another. That is referring to the degree of glory of the Old Testament, of the Old Covenant, the Mosaic Covenant, into a new glory in the new that is never fading, that is never dwindling, that is always increasing. And there is always more. You can have as much of Jesus as you want on this earth or as little. Paul said, I'm content with much and I'm content with little. The, the tension, the tension is we can be satisfied with what we already know and never go to greater depths with the Lord. We're like, oh, I know the menu. I know it well. And we've leveled off at where we're willing to go with this one called Jesus. I, I had no grid for that encounter 10 years ago. I had no grid for that. And I think it was about three or four years, maybe five, I, I don't remember the time frame, but before I, I, I could share it because it would just mess me up. Every time I'd try and talk about it, I'd just be like, no, nah, I can't, I just, I'm done. I just can't talk about it because it was just so precious. You know, Peter, it says in Peter that, that we are a seed, we are born, born from above this imperishable seed. I love the story of Peter. Peter cops a lot of flack, but I, I just, I love Peter. And Peter, just, just put your mind, just put your heart and your mind and just imagine you walk with Jesus. Right, you're, you're spending three and a half years with the Messiah. You, he tells you, you have the, you're the one that has the revelation. This is the Christ, the one anointed with power. And upon this rock, Jesus says of you, I mean, just imagine, King of Glory standing there, he says, great sermon, Peter. You'd be like, yeah, you're pretty chuffed. <laughs> Not long after that, you're not so chuffed because <laughs> you give in to the crowd. Around a campfire, how many times does Peter deny Christ? Three. That king, upon his resurrection, finds Peter fishing, which I just think is Peter's like, I don't know what to do. I've messed up. I've I got to go back to what I know. And what I know, or does he go back to where he first encountered Jesus? Which was on the boat. With the boatload of fish. And he repents. I wonder if it's that. 
But then John create, uh, Jesus creates a campfire and cooks breakfast, John 21, and he restores Peter three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? That Peter receives the Holy Spirit in him and that Peter receives the Holy Spirit upon him and preaches the first sermon at Pentecost. And that Peter is the one whose shadow, when he walked to the temple, heals sick people. Don't tell me there isn't a person on planet Earth who is so far from Jesus that they can't be so useful for the kingdom. If that Peter who denied the king of glory, then only maybe 50 days later, 60 days later, he encounters the one. It wasn't through a theological debate. It wasn't that a rabbi sat down with him and said, hey, let me take you through Isaiah 53. Let me take you through all the scriptures that talk about Jesus. No, it was through the encounter of the Holy Spirit that transformed Peter. It was an encounter. It was a, a, a real, it was a tasting and seeing that he is good. I'm for theology. I'm for the scriptures. They point to someone though. They point to him. And my question to you this morning, and we're gonna, I, I really feel to go after this, is that I, I, never wanna, I don't ever want to manufacture something and I don't ever want to create something that, that, you know, create sandwiches that Jesus isn't breathing on or pizzas that he didn't order, whatever, you know, whatever you want to put to it. But I really believe that if we create room for him to come, he'll honour it. So I want to get the team. Can I get the team up again? Can we hand out communion, please? I don't think we did the uh, offering either. So on your way out, there'll be buckets at the back. If you give by cash, just uh, put your money in the, in the offering bucket. Shows you how slick and well run we are, hey? Who's heard of Brian Simmons? Some of you might not like him, that's alright. He tells this great story, he was a missionary in South America. And um, his daughter was very ill. And all these witch doctors came to him and they said, we've, we've cursed your daughter. Something to this effect. And they begin to eat glass 
in front of Brian and his wife and they said, listen, look at what we can do. Look how powerful our God is. Can your God do that? And he says, oh, oh, I don't know. But he said, let God arise and every enemy be scattered. And I think it was a few hours later, his daughter came out of the tent, completely healed. He says, no, but my God can do that. He didn't debate with the devil. He lifted up the name of Jesus. Yongi Cho, who has got accredited to the largest church in the world, South Korea, did a tour of America 10, 20 years ago for nine months, different pastors, different leaders. And at the end of his tour, one of the pastors says to Yongi, what do you think? And he says, I'm amazed. And he, the pastor thought, yes. Yongi Cho loved what just happened. And he said, I'm amazed at what the church can do without the Holy Spirit. If you study the church in Acts, 95% of what they did, they couldn't do without the Holy Ghost. And sadly, 95% of what the church does in the West, they can do without the Holy Spirit. Let's change that. We need to honour the presence again. We need to behold him as in a mirror and be transformed by him, not by Liam, not by Dean, not by your favourite preacher on YouTube. By him, by the King of glory. Let's stand. We're going to take communion together. Can I have one? Can I have a communion? Please. Thanks, Jen. I want to open the sanctuary, this sanctuary up for the next 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I, I, I do have to rush off. Uh, I have a, a thing to go to that I, I cannot be late to. But... As I, as I was praying for this morning, as I was contending for this morning during the week, I so strongly felt there was a realigning last week with the worship and the word. And I, I, this, this word just got dropped into my spirit that we would behold him, the one. We would behold the one. That we would sit at his feet because that's the better portion. Yes, there's things that we need to do. There's things that he's got for us to walk in, that he's prepared before, before us, but that we would turn to the Lord and the veil is going to be removed. And I believe people, uh, things that you've been contending for for a long time, healings, miracles, I believe, I believe this, I really believe that if we make room for his presence in such a tangible way, not just talk about the menu, not just peruse the menu, but actually feast on him, and you, you guys, I, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of this, you, the hunger in this room. Yes. I'm so proud. I'm so honoured to call you guys family. I'm so honoured. Shen and I both pinch ourselves and say, what a joy it is to lead this house. 
It really is. I'm not just tickling your ears for the sake of it. It really is a joy because of the hunger for him. But I just felt the Lord say this, and I'm going to finish with this. It's time to get your scuba diving gear on and go deeper and deeper and deeper into the presence of King Jesus. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to take communion together. And then I want us to behold the one. And I believe encounters are going to be released in this room. Some of you are going to feel a tangible thing in your body. Some of you are not. That doesn't mean you're lesser because you don't. Remember, we don't live by feelings. We live by faith. Okay. But if you, if you are seeing someone encounter the Lord, honour it and I believe it will start to happen with you. I want to open this place up to if you want to dance, if you want to cry out, if you want to pray, if you want to lie on the floor, if you want to kneel, that we would behold this one, the one whose body was shed on a cross, the one whose blood can wash away all sin. The only one worth dying for. The only one worth living for. Holy Spirit, we want to behold you, the King of glory. We say, come and fill this room today. Come and saturate your presence in this room. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I thank you for the people in this room, God. May this house be a house where you do not visit, you do not come once a week, you do not come and just pop your head in. May this house be a house where you inhabit the praises of your people, God. We are not here to muck around. We're not here to play games. We're not here for just good church ministry anymore. Holy Spirit, come and move. Holy Spirit, come and have your way, God. We need your presence. We are desperate for you.